It's just, it's happened so fast, and now I'm just trying to figure out, okay, this is obviously what God intended for me to do, because it's just all happened so easily and, and just fallen into place so beautifully. Welcome to the Everyday Gospel Podcast. Amy Buggle is our guest today, and after listening to her conversation with Derek, you can clearly understand the intricacies of her job and why she is able to handle such a big responsibility day in and day out. Hey everybody, it's Derek Scott here uh, for another episode of the Everyday Gospel Podcast. I'm here with my good friend Amy Buggle, um, who's going to talk to us about her story and uh, the ways that God's been leading her um, over the years, and specifically in the ministry that she's engaged in right now. So how are you doing, Amy? Great. Awesome. Many years he's yes. been leading me. <laughs> awesome. It's good to see you. It's, it's, uh, we uh, met at Crossroad United Methodist Church. We did. Many years ago. And, uh, there are many. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you were you were already a busy person when I met you. I was. Um, I kind of came to Crossroad to hide a little <laughs> bit, I think, uh, from, yeah. from my ministry and things I was doing. And there I was kind of... One more Nobody. person in the room. Yeah, I was just another person in a group of awesome people, and and you were just one of those people. Yeah, it was. <laughs> those were good days, really good days. Yeah. Uh, so tell us, um, tell us uh, what you're doing at the moment, um, and a little bit of just your your general life. Okay. Well, I am blossoming in years mm-hmm. and kind of thinking about retirement actually at this time, or at least a change in in my um, current position at my okay. career. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is older, I'm in a second marriage, mm-hmm. and I married someone that's a little bit older, so kind of ready to kind of travel with him a little bit mm-hmm. um, without completely letting go of my work career. Yeah, I have two grown sons and an awesome granddaughter of three. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently the executive director of DLC Nurse and Learn. Mm-hmm which is a child care ministry for children with disabilities. And we kind of do things a little bit differently there where um, we have children with and without disabilities learning and playing and growing together. Yeah. What does DLC stand for? Well, we started out um, as a little church ministry out of Murray Hill United Methodist Church, okay. um, of which we are still um, housed uh, for one of our locations. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, developmental learning center was what we decided to call it so it was the murray hill united methodist developmental learning center so everybody just said dlc yeah and so when we fully incorporated um, through the methodist church we became dlc nurse and learn because we have nurses there to take care of the children with special needs Mm -hmm. and their learning so we thought that was clever and it always gives us an excuse to explain what DLC stands for. Yeah, way cool. <laughs> way cool. And you guys have two locations. We have two locations. The other is DLC Therapy and Care, and that is more for older students that still, um, many of them are in wheelchairs and need a lot of care after school. Mm-hmm. So they come to us uh, before school and then go to public school transportation and then come back in the afternoon on the buses. And then we also are open full-time for summer camp for those guys. And that's all the way through high school. So for wow. kids with special needs, that's up to age 22. 
Okay. So we're taking care of babies all the way through 22-year-olds. Yeah. How many students are you serving at the moment? Uh, we generally serve about 75 to 80 at a time. Wow. Okay. Um, and at this point, we've probably served um, well over 4,000, probably closer to 5,000 students. And, uh, and of course, you know, we always feel like we're taking care of their families, too. And that's really one of the things I've learned over the years. Wow. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons for this podcast is to hear how individuals are living out their calls to ministry, um, but ministry that's not isolated to the four walls of the church. Right. In your sense, there's a little bit of four wallsness, but obviously there's definitely an outside of worship sense of your call as well. So. All of that kind of goes back to faith and our belief in Jesus and, and what that means for our lives. So can you tell us just a little bit of how you came to faith and how faith became real for you? Yeah, so it's one of those things where I've always been really, really disappointed because I would hear these awesome stories where people just, you know, got this, this strike with lightning. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh, once I believed and I confessed Jesus and um, got saved, mm -hmm. uh, that I would just felt completely different mm. and... I think, and I went to a Christian school growing up, and they would always do the altar call. And I would mm -hmm. go, I, I think I went down probably a hundred times because I kept thinking, I'm going to get that really great revelation and it's yeah. going to be awesome. But um, probably one of the things that uh, gave me a stronger faith or a faith that was unshakable, mm -hmm. I would say, um, is when I was tested many years ago with divorce. Mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about that a little bit before mm. we started, that I just kept seeing God in everything. And they oh. say difficult times either make you or break you. Mm -hmm. um, and it just made me so, so strong. Mm -hmm. uh, even though I prayed and wanted everything to work out perfectly and for my husband to come back and say he was sorry and he was wrong, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But I saw God working in so many ways and I saw him trying through it would be one person would tell another person to tell me that they'd seen my husband and they had had talked to him about me and about our lives and I just knew God was setting me up to not just you can't I know we know God doesn't tell people what to do and mm -hmm. we all have free will mm -hmm. but he was letting me know that he was in this he was yeah. he was working on my you husband were not alone in this. He, yeah that I was not alone um, that and it just you know, they say God kind of becomes your husband at that mm. time, and he did. I knew he was taking care of me. Wow. And uh, just so many times where he would give me signs and let me know and reassure me. Wow. And um, I've just never been able to de deny him since then. It's just been too real. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'll ask it this way. How did you get to DLC Nurse and Learn? Okay. And, yeah, that's... And, and what was sort of the intersection of your faith with this, with this role? Right, and that's one of those things where I had to confess. I think I've confessed it before, but when I first started DLC, I wasn't thinking ministry. Hmm. Um, I was trying to think of a way that I could stay home with my two-year-old son mm -hmm. um, and do what I loved, which was taking care of kids with special needs, mm -hmm. and uh, make a living. Mm -hmm. And so this is more like a business plan. Yeah. Um, but. Going way back before that, God was always setting me up to do this. Mm -hmm. I know that for a fact. And you, mm -hmm. when you look back, it's it's just so obvious. Um, I had always been around kids with special needs from a family member with Down syndrome. 
to my mom volunteering at Old Hope Haven Hospital here in Jacksonville. Mm. And um, I would tag along and I started volunteering with her at United Cerebral Palsy here in Jacksonville. And I would just fell in love with those kids. It's one of those things where you can't even explain why. I would just see those kids and I would just melt and I just wanted to get in there. and, And so that was my draw and went to public school. Um, and on summers off, I would, you know, just go volunteer again. So I decided this is what I want and got my college degree uh, in special education, mm-hmm. became a special education teacher. If you're enjoying this episode, be sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash CCW, where you can gain access to the full episode and more conversations as well. We will also be uploading a new conversation each month starting this summer. So I just feel like God was always working on that. Even Mm -hmm. though I had no idea this was going to be a ministry, Mm -hmm. I started hearing from families that uh, they couldn't find childcare. And God just immediately started putting that in my mind. Amy, you could do this. You know, this, mm. this, and he uses, I think, our, our thinking process. He knew that I wanted to do something to stay home with my son. Mm-hmm. So this was a perfect way to get me to do the ministry that he wanted me to do all along. Yeah. Uh, so I gradually became um, more and more enthralled with the idea, and things just kept happening. People mm. would donate a therapy equipment to me, or they would wow. do, you know, talk to me about ways that um, I could use a space. And um, I had a dream that I had opened up a child care in a church. Hmm. And so we moved over to Murray Hill neighborhood and was right there next to Murray Hill United <laughs> Methodist Church. As I started attending there, we took classes on how to become more active in the church. Mm-hmm. And that's how DLC kind of evolved. Wow. And that's a whole nother story, but um, I never thought of it as ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was probably three or four years in that I started realizing these families are in so much pain. Um, what an incredible thing that God decided to put this in a church. Mm-hmm. And so I, I knew at that time that this is was what he intended all along was for it to be a ministry and for the church to love on these people mm-hmm. and in a way that they were not getting elsewhere. There's a lot of services. Mm-hmm but they were not getting um, love through a church and for them to be reassured, like I have been reassured Mm -hmm. when I went through a divorce that, you know, God is still here. He's still with me. He's going to take care of me, even though my child has possibly a severe disability, even if my child might not live uh, a full life. Mm. um, We were able to, you know, give them that base that God is still with them and taking care of them. And this, this life for, of this child can be beautiful, too. What's the dynamic of having students with disabilities and students without disabilities in the same room? It is one of those things where if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but when you put the kids together and people see it, they realize that it makes perfect sense. Um, they kind of become each other's teachers. Hmm. And so back when the laws started changing, you know, back in the 60s, we didn't even have to educate children at all. If they had a disability, parents just kept them home. 
Wow. Yeah. And then laws were passed. Uh, public law 94-142, it's drilled into my mm -hmm. brain, was passed that all children had to be educated. But then as things changed um, in our society, we started realizing it was wrong. Well, we we're educating them, but we're just putting them over here in this special school away from everybody else. And so laws started being passed uh, probably in the early 80s, I think it was about 85, that children had to be educated in their least restrictive environment. So just because they had a handicap, we couldn't just, you know, plunk them over here away from all the other children. Mm -hmm. And so when that law was passed, it started kind of being uh, pushed that all children should be educated together. It's still really not happening all the time, mm -hmm. but we figured if anybody should be doing that, we should be doing it yeah. at DLC. Mm -hmm. And so we started accepting children. We did it backwards because I guess most people think, well, we'll bring in a few children that are handicapped into our program mm -hmm. and will be meeting the law mm -hmm. and that's called inclusion so we always say we did backwards inclusion huh. we let some of the kids come that didn't have disabilities mm -hmm. we allowed them to come mm -hmm. enjoy what we were doing yeah. and so it worked out great because we're right in the middle of a little neighborhood mm -hmm. and of course uh, we have some neighborhood children come we have some siblings of uh, our students mm -hmm. that have special needs um, can come so it's much much better for the families because before they would have to take their child that was disabled to one place to one place and then take the child that had no special needs to another place and it just made it more complicated mm. for the families uh, so we have a lot of siblings but over the years we've become such a high quality center that almost all the families with with uh, typically developing children is mm -hmm. what we say um, they all want to come because they realize they're children are getting all the one-on-one -on -one attention, highly trained teachers, uh, therapists if they happen to need some therapy, a nurse yeah. on staff, so they love it. Yeah. Uh, and those families pay a full price, so it helps us to be able to cover some of the costs for the children that can't yeah. afford it, that have disabilities. So um, it's worked out great for us financially as well. Wow. I remember we had a, a news group come in one time and when they had finished filming the kids uh, the, the guy who was the cameraman came up and said I just have to tell you I, I don't believe what I'm seeing how well these children learn and play together and he had been watching and described a story to me of a little boy who happened to have long dreadlocks hmm. and then and he was typically developing little guy and he was playing alongside of a little boy with Down syndrome well the little boy with Down syndrome just kept coming over and playing with his dreadlocks didn't bother him, didn't phase him. He just let the little boy do it because he knew that was how the little boy was. Mm -hmm. But then when the little boy that had been playing with his hair came over and knocked down his blocks, he said he didn't get mad at him. He just took his hands and said, no, we're supposed to build the blocks. And he started teaching the little boy how to put the blocks back together. And he said, I just cannot believe how they're learning and playing together. Oh. And so it's not just the kids with special needs that are getting something out of it and that's the beauty of it wow <laughs>